captain of Ingog. Akiva's faces his job in GOG with Keeve and Ellie and Zooey. Hello, Ngoggers, and welcome to another episode of the most technologically advanced podcast out there, New Girl, Old Guy. This is a very special episode. It's one that one host has been dreading since it's been booked, and the other has been excited for. I'm your guest host for the week, Ian. Uh, I will introduce your two real hosts, starting with Allie Lasher. How's it going, Allie? That was like good. I'm like annoyed. Hi. Good good to have you on. Even though yeah. I guess I'm the host that's been dreading it. Yeah, you definitely are. And then to introduce the host who's been excited for it, Uncle Kivi. How's it going, Akiva? Are you only Ian? We don't do last names here. Uh, you know, we could we could go last nameless for a little while, figure it out. Who knows? You know, Allie Allie said she's gonna cut all the problematic stuff, but I'm not really too sure. Is your sure last name yet. problematic? I'm, I'm trying to think what it would be. No, my, <laughs> my last name, not not too problematic. Okay. Not, His not point of view is, is problematic. Ah, got it, got it. <laughs> Only according to uh, like half the internet. But. <laughs> um, okay, well, Ian, we're, we're both happy with trepidation to have you on. Um, you're you're here to talk. You picked this episode a while ago, season two, episode seventeen, parking spot, directed by Fred Goss, written by uh, Rebecca Adelman. Uh, originally premiered February nineteenth, two thousand thirteen. Akiva, in Ian's introductory remarks, you don't see that he's like including his hello as a complete voice dupe for Brian Cohen. I, I mean, I see a little bit of similarity, but. I don't, I don't, let, let's let the listeners decide. They're better at the, the, these things. That's really why you're here, Ian. <laughs> can we, can we talk about, can we talk about how you and Ian know each other or no? Yeah, well, we've already talked about it. I was going to say, Ian, how do you, what are you doing here? Uh, what am I doing here? Well, <laughs> you've been begging me to be on this podcast since mm. it started. And part of the reason why I chose this episode, one, it is probably my favorite episode of the whole show. I think it's hilarious start to finish but also i picked it because it was far enough into the future where it had to bother ally that i wouldn't come on the podcast for you know 40 mm. minutes or so okay here's what really happened I-, I have said that i thought ian would be good on a podcast like i'll throw you a bone i have said that i think you're a funny person when you want to be <laughs> and... i appreciate that um <laughs> that's a high compliment that's more than i've said to you oh not really Anyway, um, but I was like, you should come on. And then you were like, well, I'd only come on for my favorite episode. And you told me, and I kind of forgot about it. And then you were like, remember my favorite episode? And I was like, no, I don't remember. And then you like got mad that I forgot. And then we haven't talked about it since every couple of weeks, you'll shoot me a text like, where are you guys at in NGOG? So, you know, we, we, you could act tough. You could flex a little. But yeah, that is true. I, I definitely, <laughs> you know, once it started creeping up, I also did just get excited to watch the episode. So that's what I'll, I'll act tough and I'll, I'll say it was. But uh, no, I appreciate you having me on. It is definitely my favorite episode. So that was the main reason. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. You took the opportunity to roast me when it came to NGOG. Akiva was asking you to roast me in terms of like, how do you know me in that? Yeah. Oh. How, are you, how are you doing? What are you oh, doing? How, oh, what am I doing here in that way? Well, <laughs> uh, 
It's actually funny. So I listened to last week's episode to kind of get a feel for what the podcast was. And it was uh, about flexing that he doesn't know what the podcast is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I've been filled in on some of the gags over the year to like get ready for it. But uh, it was funny that it was about speed dating. And you asked Allie if she's ever been speed dating. And she said like her and Missy might have done it. And I actually had the pleasure of speed dating the two of them at the same time. So I don't know oh. that that's accurate uh, that you were, you know, ever had a shot with Missy, but she did. We the three of us did have a date. So I wait, think so I think I could explain it better than both of you because you're being confusing. <laughs> so you that's went true. on a date. You probably hadn't been on a date in a long time. Allie it was like the middle of the pandemic or the beginning of the pandemic. Allie wasn't really listening to the rules. And she went to the <laughs> she, she had, I'm joking. She had a, a date in the park with a, a person off the apps. No, and it was you're Ian. telling your miss. I'll let you miss tell the story. But you no, this is accurate. And then you said, OK, I'm going to have a <laughs> first date. This feels like a nap we're, episode all of a sudden. We're like, going to go to the we're going to go to the park. And then you brought a friend with you to a first date. No, that's not what happened. Ian, am I right? Uh, unfortunately, you are wrong, but Thank I actually, you. I don't Thank think the you. real story makes Allie sound any better anyway. I know anyway, he so. it's worse. The real story is probably yeah. worse. <laughs> so what, so what actually happened Wait, is... can I just, let me just set it up oh. so it relates to New Girl at least, and then you can do whatever you want here. Allie from the editing room, it, it will not relate to New Girl, and for the real New Girl fans... Nothing we talk about for mm, 25 minutes into this podcast will relate to New Girl. So feel free to skip ahead. Back to the show. You um, go ahead. So the way that I think this is funny. So, okay, let's just fast forward quickly and we can talk about the funny dynamics of that date. Ian and I talked for like a couple months while we were in quarantine. Like we met that way. And then we met one time. It's been over a year, as Ian has referenced, <laughs> over the year. We just have a lot of the same interests. We watch a lot of the same shows. He's gotten into Renap for spite. And so, like, we're friends. So that's the short, that's the end of the story. But you've never but met Ian, him a second time. No. No. Allie he has, doesn't like Allie to do things. Begged me. And mm. I am an events person, as Ian has dubbed me. And yeah. Ian is not an events well, I like person. to say an inside-outside. You know, like, she's an in, outdoors person. I'm an indoorsman, and Ian, I think, No, I'm an too. indoors person. Like, I oh, have but you like doing events indoors. Got it, got it. I just like to do stuff. Yeah, Allie right. needs I guess to brunch make... is indoors, that's true. <laughs> yeah, Allie needs to make everything into a thing. Like, it can't mm -hmm. just be, like watch tv it needs right. to be like oh come up with 19 baked goods that are all yes the theme Themes, of the show yes. that we're 100 percent. yeah Extremely Akiva, at the end of this should you should have ian have you listened to the latest renap the wedding yet i know you listen to renap now but have uh, you caught I, that yet? I i did catch it last night i listened to it okay so akiva i my snitches tell me that you didn't actually have a couple who had a one night stand and that's certainly not me and ian but I do think Ian and I would have pr done pretty decently as the couple that you failed. wouldn't have counted. I mean, the uh, one date you wouldn't well, have counted as one date if you can one night stand is like never speak to again. That I was, understand I what a one night stand is. What my understanding is the couple you had dated for a year. That seems like a little more. Well, we invited a couple at a one night stand. She said, OK, we're in. But then she never can. Like... Yeah, I care less about the logistics of. Your I know, but I, I'm saying I'm it was just saying, like, yeah, I think we would have been good candidates. Like, for example, uh, what's give us one of the questions? 
Um, okay, fine. Uh, who would be Allie's um, ideal third wheel, celebrity third wheel in your relationship? Okay, I am, the audience knows this answer, and the audience might think, I would say Ian would say, Akiva, to signal to you, or let me message you Wait, let you. E- yeah, message me, and Ian, do you have a, do you have a yeah, guess I'm here? I'm not saying, it, Akiva, Ian, you're going to be in the chat, but I'll just send it to Ian, and I'll send it to Akiva. To, I think to he be knows honest, this. I, I don't know if I know it, because I'm mostly selfish here, and don't actually listen to what Ali says most of the time, so... <laughs> You mean um, she like texts you or whatever? You were ignoring it. Yeah, yeah. Like now, but you're if, not even asking her questions about herself. Is that what you're he saying? knows the answer to this? Go, just you should know it, or, or you'll know it when. Akita oh, gives I, you the I'm, I'm sure once I get the answer, I will. I'll know it. But I, I have no one that's coming to mind. I really like it's. I feel like you would you would probably know more along the lines of mine than. And who would uh, Ian's you know, be? Who would see, Ian's see, be? this is funny because I remember having this conversation, but God, I forget who. It, that's the thing, right? What, it's like you have people would know this, but if you're not keeping up with the person regularly anymore, like you don't remember. Yeah, no. If I had to guess, I would just generally guess since you're a girl that likes funny dudes, that's always someone who wants Jason Siegel. So that's no, who, no, uh, no. Oh, you, uh, you, your answer. I know your answer. I know your answer. I forgot. Okay. Oh yeah. It's Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> there you go. I was going to say to you, I was going to say to you, uh, I found it funny that you invited me on for pride month since I famously only like guys as friends. When, uh, Allie leading up to the time we went out, asked me if I was gay. So that was, uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I was just able. So to your say that. your Ian's is Chris Hemsworth, and Allie's. You don't you don't have a guess? I'm gonna I'm gonna give it away if you don't have a guess. Yeah, you could just TV give it away. It it's Mark Ruffalo. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that that makes so much sense. That's one that I <laughs> I definitely said like I was like no way. I I hate that answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but was would Chris? All right, let's get over this. No one cares. But. The real story is I was going to the park with Missy. I was supposed to see Ian Ian the following day. And we had probably a sitcom level miscommunication where Ian was like, I'm going to be in the park today too. Let me know where you are so I don't bump into you guys. I took that as him fishing for an invite. He meant that sincerely. I don't want to bump into you guys before our date. And uh, so I was like, I guess you can come. And then he did come, and I was like, "There's no way he'll accept that invitation." And he, so it's like it was like a very uh, shtickish kind of hijinks. Yeah. yeah, it was a sitcom situation. Ian never wanted to speak to me again. I was like, "We should be friends." Yeah, Allie <laughs> is nothing if not persistent. I will give her that. <laughs> you know, I have the receipts. Anyway, let's get to some old business. Besides mm-hmm. the old business we're digging up here between uh, Ian and myself. Snitch Report also tells me that you failed to address Rob as Mojo Man this week, uh, totally as predicted. Forgot. Listen, I was nervous. It was a wedding. I, I can do it this coming week. You're nervous because it's Rob. You don't care that it's a no, wedding. No, it, I, was, I was nervous about the wedding. It was, uh, you know, it was nerve-wracking. I really, you know, I, I was very busy. I didn't think I had done enough planning, and uh, I didn't realize it would be it would, it would go so well. Um, Mojo Man will happen this coming week. Um. Well, let's get Ian's live take since Renap loves uh, instant reviews. Did you like the uh, episode, Ian? Uh, yeah, I enjoyed the episode. I thought it was. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, did you I mean, Did I, you watch it or listen? I only listened to yeah, it. I think so it was that, a watching one. 
it, it, it definitely was. I, I haven't I haven't actually watched any yet. I've mostly been listening to them. There's only like yeah, there's only five to ten that are that are on video. I, I, only like the very visual ones. I will say I uh, I definitely don't lean towards the sentimental type stuff, but I thought it was fine. I thought it was like a cute episode, and uh, I thought the like relationship that they weren't that into, like they they're not real relationship. I thought that was a pretty pretty good one. So uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was a good episode. Yeah, Ali, I told a joke so so um, I told a joke that made me laugh so hard. That You're I gonna like, repeat a joke that you made on another. I'm not gonna repeat it. I'm just <laughs> no. I'm just gonna say I lost consciousness. <laughs> not even a joke. I'll send you like the timestamp if you care. I YouTube. told Missy. I told Missy something about someone. <laughs> to be very like, I told Missy something about someone mm-hmm. uh, that I actually texted to you, Akiva, the name of a pet of uh, someone you mm-hmm. know I know. She laughed for 45 minutes. I thought I was going to have to call the paramedics. She was mm-hmm. like choking on the phone. Uh, yeah. So that was you. You you passed out. Yeah, I I like was convulsing. And it felt <laughs> like a minute, but on camera, it's only like five seconds. And then when I got up later, I realized like, oh, my phone is just on the floor face down. Like I dropped my phone and I didn't even realize it. While Ian, was, was it funny or was he like having an overreaction to his own joke? Uh, I I listened late, so I I don't remember the the. It did not land joke. with Ian. It, I'm, 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 are you going to make it repeated, Allie? Yeah, let's hear it again. I'm sure okay. it'll it'll spark so a memory. Basically, Ian has already repeated one of his jokes, but he did it in the uh, context of telling a story. Rob says, uh, like, does anybody object? Rob's officiating the wedding. He's like. Does anybody object? And we're just talking for a second. And like Mara walks in the room. I'm like, Mara, do you object to this? Right. Just like the whole podcast thing. And also I was fasting. I'd been fast. It was a Jewish fasting. So I was fasting for like 24 hours. But then the fast didn't end before the podcast started. So I was already like hour 26 of my fast. So Rob's like, does anybody object? I'm like, Mara, would you object? And like, you know what? I wouldn't object to some dinner. And I don't know. It made me laugh so hard that I uh, that I. Oh convulsed. no! It's a, a nice data for joke. Yeah, it's zero, like da- zero out of ten. Ian's being nice to you because Kirst- I feel comfortable. I mean, P- I, my my men- my mentions are blowing up. You should see Kirsten's face when I said that. People were uh, were aghast. Yeah, but not for the reasons you wanted them to be, right? Like- <laughs> I know, not necessarily, <laughs> but it made me laugh. Uh, that was like in the vein of the make me a sandwich joke. So you're no, getting but that. But there was reaction. context because I was also fasting. It wasn't like uh, you know. Yeah, Mara famously wasn't fasting on that holiday. Mm. What was what is the holiday? We so we cover a lot of Jewish content here. Yeah. Ian. What what was the holiday? It's uh, just a fast day holiday. It was uh, it was so not like a real holiday. It's it, uh, a Shavuot or Tammuz, the seventeenth of the Jewish month of Tammuz. Then there's three weeks that are like a sad part of the Jewish calendar. Then the the nine days. <laughs> I like the, that description. There's three weeks that are the saddest part, the final nine days of which are, like, very sad. There's, like, no music, whatever, and then there's, like, um, no swimming. Lots of rules. And and then there's no, Tisha B'Av. No, this, swim, no this, swimming. No swimming, <laughs> unless oh. it's instructional in camp. And then... Oh, okay. As long as you know, we have a lot of loopholes. Swim. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Tisha B'Av, which is the saddest day of the year. Even sadder, more somber than uh, Yom Kippur. Are, are you allowed... Are, are you allowed to swim as long as a non-Jew throws you into the water? No. Well, if a non-Jew throws you in, I guess you can swim out. But, um, yeah, no. Can I no, ask you, if yes. the distinction between instructional and free swim is meaningful to anyone who did not attend camp? Ironically, we're talking about Jewish things, and I think only Jews would know the difference between free and instru- <laughs> instructional swim. <laughs> 
I, I was complaining to my dad for years. Like when I went to summer camp, there was five periods. Okay. There was like five activities every day that sort of would change, you know, like your, let's say you're like school schedule equivalent. And two of them were always swim. One was free swim. One was instructional, which was like 40% of your day is like swimming in this lake. I want to play, you know, basketball leagues and hockey leagues and baseball. You gotta leagues. go to pool camp. You gotta go to camp with a pool, bro. Well, eventually, now it's like really fancy and there's a pool. But back then, it was just a lake. Um, but even uh-huh. so, if, even in a pool, I want to go swimming once a day, not twice a day. That's insane. I was always a pool person. I I liked having uh, as much time in the pool at camp as possible. So uh, I mean, you just fit in. The, you fit in the basketball with it too. It's all the other stuff, like the Jewish singing and dancing, that I'm like, eh, let's mm-hmm. let's skip that one. Skip <laughs> the Jewish Ian, singing and dancing. <laughs> Ian is the guy who screams like I asked people to rate my cannonball when I was a child. Oh. Like, mm-hmm. watch my dive, watch my dive. Well, I mean, I had a pool in my backyard, so I was a fantastic this guy diver. Flexing. Um, but I, I, I'll break some news to you, uh, Allie, on the podcast. I am. We are flying. To America, hopefully. I have not been to America since, um, before, well before the pandemic. Since I you since I at, saw you at the at the at, at Robbie Freeman's at the, house, who was Ian's camp counselor. So no, it oh, really comes full circle. Yeah. No, at the beer tournament. <laughs> Last time I saw you was at the beer tournament. That, well, that was the week. same weekend that you went yes, to Robbie's. True, true, true. Um, and um, we are we are hopefully assuming everyone passes a Corona test and we get out of here, uh, flying on Monday night, and we're gonna go to my like wife's a week house from today. Oh, that's correct. A week from today. And I hope to not go in the pool once. That is my goal. My wife's, my wife's mom has a pool. We're going to be staying on. there. So you're just going to Florida. You're not coming to New York. We're, no, we're doing uh, Florida, New York, Florida. Like two weeks, two weeks, two Am weeks. Am I the last like of your podcast co-host to know this? You're the first. I haven't, I haven't mentioned it. We really just You haven't told Chester. I haven't told Chester or Rob. Well, Rob's not going to care, but you haven't told I haven't Chester. told anybody. I haven't told any of my friends. I'm, I'm breaking this news now. We just booked wow. it. There it is. The three of us getting together. Will Ian hang out with me? If um, Ian, will, 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 you will you come to the Yucky Juice tournament, Ian, or whatever we're going to do, the pie tournament, the Yucky Juice tournament? Yeah, yeah I can uh, I can fit it into my schedule. Would okay. that be the instant yes for a key? <laughs> wow. Do you uh, yeah, know I, what Yucky Juice is, Ian? No, but I just really want to do guess, anything possible. I want to do anything possible to spite Allie. So okay, take a guess. Take, this is an audience yeah. of. I warned you. This is an audience of people who like me. So you got to yeah, toe the line. Mm-hmm. Um, what is yucky juice? I mean, just take me, a that, guess. That would be coffee, but uh, I'm guessing. Okay. I'm guessing Akiva doesn't like alcohol, so some sort no, of alcohol. Both so good guess. guesses. Both very it's good. It's not guesses. about Akiva. It's yeah. something Chester calls. I wouldn't say the word yucky. I wouldn't say the word yucky. And think about it, it's enough things that you could do a tournament around it. Yeah, you couldn't have like a co- I mean, I guess you could have a coffee tournament with like different brands, but we're not. Soda? Yes, you nailed it. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, okay. I mean, then I, I mean, I'm a big fan of soda, so definitely, uh, you're you know, in. There we go. Yeah. I'm in. And now I don't soda have tournament. to go. I send my proxy in. <laughs> that works for me. All right, should we talk about the uh, episode, boys? Yeah, or, or at least the general shit? television show, sure. Okay, well, Kelly does want to know about your uh, Taylor Swift takes. Do either of you guys have a T-Swift takes you want to drop? And and uh, Ian, I should text you something on the side. So okay. let, let Akiva answer, and I'll text you on the side. I don't I don't have. If, if Kelly really wants my Taylor Swift takes, I, I ranked um, one of the albums and um one of her albums song by song and she could she could just search my name in taylor swift she could find some taylor swift takes from back in the day 
Um, I will say, I by the way, uh, now nah, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bust that out now. I my we we went out to dinner tonight and it took like the service was so bad it took we thought it'd be like a 45 minute dinner thing, and it ended up being over two hours, and then we realized oh shoot like our daughter who's at like a friend can't come home because we didn't leave her a key because we thought it'd only be like 45 minutes. So when we picked up Adira, do you know what she was doing, Allie? I don't. She was watching New Girl with her friend at her friend's house. She's like, let's start a oh, New Girl Oh, wow. Page. I thought you were going to say she was throwing it back. Probably also while watching. But yes, they, they said, let's start a New Girl binge. And she watched the first episode of New Girl. Is she going to start a podcast and compete with you two? I don't think so. If, if anything, it would be like a TikTok about We can't book her as episode. a guest? We can't get her as a guest? I mean, not when we're starting at 2.30 in the morning. But maybe when <laughs> I – also, it'll be better when I go to – when I'm on the same uh, – in the same time zone as you next week. Maybe uh, it'll be easier. Well, then can we do like 10 p.m.? That would be great. All right. We'll talk about that later. So let's mm-hmm. – I, I, Ian, did you have any T-Swift uh, takes you wanted to drop? Uh, no, I'm not a – I'm not a big Taylor Swift person, just never really got too into her, but uh, I was at a wedding last weekend, and they played Shake It Off, and I definitely danced to that, so I would say, good wedding song, but that's really as hot as my Taylor Swift takes are going to get, probably. Is this an allusion to the fact that uh, Kiwi had me rank the top three wedding songs? Are you putting it in the top three? Oh, I did remember that. No, I'm not putting it in the top three. Also, you said shout, I think, was specific to you and your friends. Like, it's not like. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. They invented <laughs> shout. Wedding song. Yeah, well, I think it can be annoying to some people. It's uh, If it's annoying to you at a wedding, then I don't know if that's the kind of person I want to be at a wedding with because shout's a classic. So. All right, so what's your top three? So shout's there. Wow, uh, three. My my number one, like just any type of party song, and uh, it's definitely always Montel Jordan's This Is How We Do It. So as long as that's coming on at some point in the night, I'll be happy. Gets the party started. Back in college, we uh, threw a bar mitzvah for my friend who never got bar mitzvahed, and we spent hours making the playlist, and that was definitely the headliner for it. <laughs> Sounds like a great time. All right. We have, before we even... Get to the digest. Oh, you know what? Let's get to the digest. Kiwi, if you would. Okay. I did try something different this week, partially because I was watching really uh, – I, I was working and I, I forgot. I, w- I was working so hard I didn't even see what time it was. I looked up and said, shoot, with the podcast in 11 minutes. And I had to watch right away. And I'm like, I'm going to try something different. I'm not going to take notes. I'm just going to watch and enjoy it. Because <laughs> uh, sometimes three. with three pe- – well, with three <laughs> people, I think, like, sometimes we don't get – as deep into like the nitty gritty on every line, especially like all three of us. Basically, my guess was what was my guess about this episode from last week? Do you remember? You were very close. What you said was, uh, and we put this in in post because my headphones died, um, that you thought Nick would have a full 24 hour argument about a parking spot, but you said it with like a, sh- an, a special guest, like an yes. outside person. Yeah, okay, that is a great guess. Yes. Um, the- Schmidt realizes that the loft has their own parking spot. No idea how it took so long to realize it. We have a four-way argument that quickly becomes a three-way argument over whose spot it is. That takes basically the whole episode with the running like subplot within the subplot, the fact that Schmidt and Jess have recently smooched, in case you hadn't heard. No, nope. Nick and Jess. Uh, Nick and Jess, sorry. Uh, yes, yeah, spoiler. And then um, <laughs> meanwhile, Winston uh, has a sex window. And he <laughs> he goes he goes I think that's what they call it right 
Yeah, that's perfect. I think that's it. He's got a sex window. And he yeah, goes, and that explains itself. What's yeah? This what's, is just a teaser, Keeve. You don't have to do all the beats. You're doing great. What's his lady's name again? Daisy. Daisy. And he goes over to Daisy's house. Immediately realizes he doesn't have a condom. Ultimately realizes he doesn't have any money. Spends the whole episode running around to no avail. Anyway, those are really the two subplots. That's the episode. Yeah, just high level, beautiful. We have Justin Ramsey here who reliably comes in with uh, ways they could have done better. So let's start with a negative, uh, shall we? Justin Ramsey says, I think the episode would have been more effective if they had committed to making it a bottle episode where the four of them all have to stay in the parking spot and outlast each other. The highs of this episode are Justin Schmidt trying to manipulate Nick. Why not have the whole episode be the four of them manipulating each other? I'll add to this that Matt Stewart says, was this episode an homage to Seinfeld? Now, Ian, you love this episode, so tell Justin Ramsey to uh, kick rocks. Justin Ramsey, definitely kick rocks, because (laughs) I completely disagree with that take. I actually think... Everything, I think everything, once they're in the parking spot, is great, but some of the best moments happen before they even get to it. And I think one of the best parts of this entire episode and what makes it so great is that we all know Winston's kind of the one who is off on his own. So by removing him from the situation and putting him in a subplot that, I mean, I find funny, some people might not, but it makes me laugh throughout it, uh, is great. While then we get to focus on the two most important relationships like that we've seen in the show so far, which is the budding relationship, potential relationship between Nick and Jess, and then the relationship between Schmidt and Nick, which is to me the one of the best bromances that exists on TV. So by just putting that trio into a dynamic where they're all kind of, it's really Jess and Schmidt going at each other and just manipulating the child that is Nick Miller to me, it's just perfect. Yeah, Evie, I, did you feel? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I disagree with with Matt's take. The is this Matt's or Justin? Sorry, Justin asked. It was Justin's take. Matt asked about the homage to sign. Oh, okay, fine. Um, yeah, I did. First of all, I thought the absolute funniest part of the episode is Winston knocking on Cece's door. Like that made me laugh. So you lose that. Um, you like I, when people call condoms rubbers? That rang true to you. No, I just like the fact that it's so random that he's showing up at Cece's house and, like, the writers acknowledge that they have no relationship with each other. It's, like, very random. Uh, I thought it was funny. Yeah, I agree. I liked this episode. I think if they had done the bottle episode in the parking space, it's, like, too much, too Seinfeldian, and they wouldn't do as good a job with it, right? So, like, uh, for any non-Seinfeld fans, they do an entire episode where they're looking for their car. They forgot where they parked it in the mall. Uh, so the entire episode takes place in the parking garage. I just think there's like not enough room to play just in a parking spot for 25 minutes, and it's been done better by another sitcom. Uh, so I, you know, I agree with we all agree, Justin. But the, Justin comes in with a pretty fire take at the end of this episode, so we'll get back to him. The funny thing is, when you bring up Seinfeld, the episode in the parking garage is not the episode I think about with this episode. I think of two episodes. One. Uh, I think of the contest a little bit, especially with Winston immediately dropping out. He has, he doesn't have like an iconic, like I'm out, but uh, that's what I immediately thought of there. And then I was going to say that uh, I think of when they're fighting over the parking spot outside. Uh, I think it's them and the Mike, uh, the Mike Moffat episode. Exactly. And which to me, this is, I was going to say is a stronger parking spot related episode. 
Although I wasn't thinking of the parking garage at the time. Uh, fair, all fair, fair comps, I think. I'm waiting for Kiwi to jump in as the resident Seinfeld expert, but. Do you think we have a lot of listeners who have not seen Seinfeld? Yes. I, as, as just based on how many people I like run into in my life that don't know Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. And then you cut them out immediately. Yeah. Well, you know, not necessarily. I actually like, I think I learned that I think Ian was the first person I really met in my life that like likes all the same shit I do in the mm-hmm. way of like TV shows, Seinfeld, reality TV, like Ian's a big challenge fan, whatever. I don't know. All reality TV. And, like, it gets a little competitive in a way that, like, I'd almost rather... I like having someone to talk to about Top Chef or whatever, so, like, that's great. I'm not trying to dog you there. But I do like bringing someone into the fold. What I don't like is someone who, like, already decides that they don't like Seinfeld or they don't like Survivor. I I can work with somebody who's open-minded to it. This will speak to some of our listeners, maybe not others, but I was at a... Did I mention this? I was at a dinner with... Tonight uh, that lasted two hours? No, I was at a dinner like a month ago, and I was like just making small talk with the couple across from me. Uh, it was like a pre-wedding sort of, you know, Jewish type dinner, uh, and I didn't know them. They were, I think, friends of my uh, wife's brother's new wife, and they like, okay, I was talking to the guy about sports, and then she mentioned Survivor. I'm like, oh, do you like Survivor? And she's like, yeah, it's my favorite show. That's like her thing. Her like His thing is like he's a big Miami Heat fan, and her thing is like she likes Survivor, Okay. Yep. But even with that, it's like the barrier to talking about Survivor with like a non insane person like us is so, you know what I mean? Like it's so high that it's like, oh, who's your favorite person? And they're like, they have a few people they like or whatever, but it's like, oh, we're insane people. Like we remember like everyone who's ever been on the show and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, like we, we all agree. Ian's an insane person too. He's not like very RHAP insane but he yeah I, I only i only got into survivor a couple of years ago but then i binged all like m- almost all the seasons in a few months so i definitely got into it heavy and my friends think i'm like a crazy fan of it and then i hear some of the rhap stuff and i'm like yeah there's a whole another level beyond me that you people don't even know about this is actually hilarious like we talk a lot or i talk a lot maybe just to keep i don't know if you're talking about the podcast and maybe i'll edit this out because it's not relevant to new girl but um about like how do you explain like the podcast world how do i explain that i do a podcast with a 37 year old orthodox jewish man who has four kids in israel Mm -hmm. like about new girl about a show not even on the air to like a new guy i meet or a new person i meet at all but like in the dating context i remember uh ian and i had a very early conversation about a survivor and i was trying to suss out if he was like an rhap person or not in that case i would just dip out no offense to rhap but uh i was like and i had just recently rewatched amazon keeve to cover it with you so Mm -hmm. i was like oh where did you start your rewatch and i think you said amazon and i was like oh no (laughs) like why (laughs) did you do that and you like didn't say anything about it and i was like all right it's fine yeah, yeah. I had I started with Cagayan and then I uh, went to Amazon and went from there. But uh, yeah, no, I had uh, only limited knowledge. So uh, we unfortunately continued speaking. So let's talk about the opening scene. Or first, actually, producer Kelly wants to know, uh, Ian better be a driver because someone has to be able to comment. It's a good on point. I craziness. thought about that, too. I thought about that. Too. Other than Ali's parking ticket I... story. 
I yep. do have a lot of parking stories just because I had a car in Washington Heights. Having a car in Manhattan is such a nightmare. Like, we'd come home from work. We worked on the Lower East Side for a couple of years, and we'd come home from work and, like, truly circle for 45 minutes many nights. So, like, I've spent more time thinking about parking than many more serious drivers than me. But I agree. We need. We do need a driver. Ian, are you a driver? Yeah, I uh, I delivered pizza for years. I love driving. Uh, big mm-hmm. big driver. I actually I do have a driving a uh, parking story. I uh, went to the beach with a few friends. We parked uh, like probably half a mile from the beach. Walked there. You know, day goes on. We leave. We walk around. Can't find my car. We look all over all the different blocks. Can't find it. We start talking to each other think that we left the sunroof open. Then we think that we got the car stolen and it was my sister's car. So we called the cops, had the cops come, spoke to them about the car. Uh, I go meet up with my friends. They called me about 10 minutes later. It was one block further than we uh, ever looked. So we got the cops involved for no reason. Hmm. So. I can't connect with that as someone who doesn't park, but that sounds stressful, potentially. <laughs> it was it was uh not great you don't want to get you don't want to get the cops involved even when you need them so when you don't need them it's especially not fun um all right let's get into the meat of this episode 30 minutes into the podcast uh <laughs> great your great addition in right on uh our brand <laughs> with how much we usually talk about new girl so nick and jess open with this toothbrushing scene kiwi i need to know well one have you seen the movie bring it on of course sure all right, so Holly Ann says, did the opening scene remind you of a similar scene in Bring It On? It mm. didn't until Holly Ann wrote the question. What's the scene in Bring uh, It On? She, they're, like, doing a toothbrushing. The brother she ends up, like, falling for. They do this sort of, like, ah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But I want to know more, Kiwi. What do you think about brushing, your, watching someone brush their teeth? I don't think I've ever done it. Well, you just did it 20 minutes ago when you watched this episode. Oh, I like. I thought you meant like you're brushing your teeth and someone else is brushing their teeth. I have a very specific reason I'm asking this. My mom has developed this thing where like mm-hmm. she is so nauseated by people. Like if, if I'm home and I'm brushing my teeth and she says, starts talking to me and I like poke my head out of the bathroom while I'm still brushing my teeth, she's like, ew, gross, never mind. Like talk to me later. <laughs> wow. Parents are supposed to encourage their kids to brush their teeth. Well, she knows that's not an issue. Like, she just doesn't want to see me doing it. Maybe I'm a gross brusher. Like, maybe I have a problem. Mm-hmm. Yes. Can you text your mom now? Am I a gross brusher? <laughs> what, what, what is the last thing you had me text her on the podcast? Uh, are you lovely? Am I lovely? Mm. Oh, let's not ask Ian. Um... Resounding no. <laughs> Allie's, cla- Allie's as classy as they get. Uh, well, lovely and classy isn't the same. <laughs> Mm. I, I mean, um, I, I, you yeah. said I wasn't lovely. That's what led me to calling my, texting my mom. Kiva, are you with us? Yeah, sorry, you lost me for a second. Oh, I said you. You said I wasn't lovely. That's what led me to text my mom. Uh, yeah, that's true. I, I apologize. But well, now that I have a clean absolutely. apartment, now that I have a clean apartment, am I mm. lovelier? It's still More clean. Lovely? Unbelievable really will you come here you know i guess that's weird to say can i host the yucky juice tournament chester won't leave his place <laughs> i mean we could get a crew we could like record an episode there or something i'm I'm not against it a crew like have someone boom the conversation like what do you mean a crew a production yeah like uh we'll get a producer kelly maybe will come in or something she um, she lives in chicago 
<laughs> you think because you're coming to town, people are booking flights? I yeah, it's a, it's a short it's flight. The summer. Yeah, summer. Chicago's yeah, famously who, a terrible summer city. Ian won't even come York. over from the east side. There's yeah. no way Kelly's coming from Chicago. Chicago's mm-hmm. famously a terrible summer city, and New York is a beauty in the summer. <laughs> yes, yeah. Ooh, the smell of pee is... <laughs> oh, yeah, nothing, nothing like some hot pee in the summer. <laughs> okay, let's move on, bros. So uh, they're having this whole thing. Do you read this scene? Ian, tell me how you read this scene between Joseph and Nick. Um, I think it's just like kind of, you know, epitomizes the weirdness between the two of them, which we'll see come really into fruition later in the episode. So uh, I think it's just kind of kicking that off and just kind of escalating the weirdness that uh, Nick was doing last week with his uh, uh, the moon, uh, the moon walking and just acting weird towards Jess. So I think it's kind of a continuation of that. Speaking of the moon, the pie I made for the strawberry moon Mm -hmm. came out incredible. What an upset. You said speaking of the moon and didn't say the B word. What's bitch? (laughs) No, banana. (laughs) Was was it a full moon when Chester called me a bitch? (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Wow. How did I miss that one? Oh, does Ian? Ian doesn't know. You don't know about banana, right? Ian? Didn't Ian? You listened to the logo tournament. Didn't, he called me a bitch on the logo tournament when I like voted not something me. just for spite. Not me, in case people Chester. are listening. Allie from the editing room with an actual correction. Uh, this did not happen on the logo tournament. This happened on a Seinfeld podcast. But please enjoy Ian, the king of yes and, uh, making up a memory that he heard this moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, okay, I think I do remember that. Yeah, no, I probably texted you about that as it was probably my favorite moment of the entire podcast. <laughs> Watch Wait. yourself. I meant to text you, like, don't laugh when Ian's rude to me so that mm-hmm. it doesn't land. And I forgot. <laughs> Wait, um, oh, by the way. Sure. Uh, Brian Cohn, speaking of Brian Cohn soundlikes, tweeted last week after I said, like, I just referenced, like, a woman being attractive, I think. And Brian Cohn's like, wow, Akiva makes an offensive comment about a woman. Yeah. And Allie says it's a Brian Combe comment. And then so you're just like retweeting this like willy nilly like oh, Kiva. I didn't make an offensive Akiva, comment about a Akiva, woman. Excuse me. I wrote <laughs> underneath it. I wrote yeah. it wasn't offensive. No it one's reading the replies of Brian Combe. <laughs> well, when tweet. I ratio, <laughs> no, it's about <laughs> Brian Cohen's tweet. Well, he I'm just saying nobody's his coffee. <laughs> nobody's reading the replies of any tweet like the. You know, there was no correction. There was no, like, sorry, okay, Ian, this was not an listen? offensive comment. You're like, is it offensive? Like, I think we just said, like, oh, that actress was pretty or something. We're no, you said, you. I said Cece has other skills, and you said, is her other skill being hot? Yeah, but it was in context. It was in context. And I said it wasn't really your vibe. It was more vintage <laughs> Brian. <laughs> It was in context. I don't normally. You could say I don't. I don't normally talk about like how attractive women are just randomly, unless it's like related to the plot of the episode. Okay, Ian, you listened to Brian Cohen. Did you listen to the season three, episode seven? Uh, the One Tree Hill one. Yes, I I, I did tune into that one. So, do you not feel like there's voice doubling, same cadence going on? That's the whole point of this. I mean, I personally, I don't hear it but also i hear myself differently than other people so who knows but it it seems like you're you're not getting the buy-in that you wanted there but <laughs> okay. if if offensive comments are brian cohen comments then maybe we have more in common than i knew all right so 
Uh, yeah, I thought this scene between them brushing their God, we're still in the first scene. Uh, and it's all my fault. Like, I don't mean to criticize you guys as a result. Um, so they're doing this sort of like escalating joke of like, we should get a table for two and have a date and then we can have sex. Like, it almost seems to be escalating from this moment. But Schmidt jumps in and interrupts the sexual tension that he discovered a parking spot while washing the dumpster that belongs to them. Uh, Ian, does this entire episode not fall apart at the fact that Schmidt just wouldn't tell them and they would never know? See, I do think Schmidt would tell them because Schmidt is like, he is just crazy. And the way that he, I mean, I love this episode because Schmidt's my favorite character from the first episode He's so perfect, and this might be my favorite episode of his because from the moment he pops up on the screen and he rips that towel holder off the wall, I just can't stop laughing at him. And I think it's just that pure excitement to him about finding out something that just he has to tell somebody. So uh, I think maybe because he can be cunning at times, but he does. he's just so excitable that I feel like he had to get it out there and tell someone. So as a bit of a Schmittish person myself, that was sort of a trap. I agree. I I would not be able to keep it a secret, even if it was to my advantage to keep it a secret. Like, I would have done the exact same thing, so I totally get it. I do like that they address it later, where he's like, I'm the dumbest boy in school. Like, I could have just kept it to myself. Like, he doesn't even realize that that was a possibility. Akiva, uh, who do you think is the most compelling case when they're all pleading their cases? Cases. We don't know much about their driving. Like, does anybody? I actually, I think because Winston has an overnight job, if it's if he feels like it's safer to park in the garage, which maybe it's not, then I think Winston has the most compelling case. Other than that, um, you know, I would hear Jess's case, same idea, just being a woman. But I, I, I didn't really <laughs> hear compelling cases like uh, for why they need the spot, safety or otherwise. <laughs> Ian, why did that make you crack up? The idea that just had a compelling case. Because she doesn't have a compelling case because she's a woman, and that's one of the best parts of the entire episode is when Schmidt weaponizes feminism feminism against Jess and says that he won't give it to her because he considers her an equal and she gets tricked by it for a second. I love it. But it's to me it's clear that Schmidt obviously has the best case. He pays the most money, he pays for most of the utilities. He does most of the cleaning in the apartment and the cooking. So who else would deserve it than the person that does and pays the most for the apartment? I agree. Akiva, I'm glad you made a, a compelling case for Winston, at least. I Like, you made a more compelling case for Winston than Winston made for himself yes. with the overnight job. Yeah, because he would have won with that case. To me, this entire uh, this entire episode could almost fall apart on the fact that Schmidt should obviously... Like, it's absurd that they're even arguing because he could be like, all right, well then I'm going to divide what I would have paid for the spot like by you guys with what I pay more for the apartment. You know, like it just like he, the ecosystem of the loft is hanging by a thread. Like, and it all hinges on Schmidt. So he should just get every advantage, but he just doesn't, I guess, assert it. I could not agree more with that. Now, can I play a lazy drunk card? Is that, is that a card that someone can actually play? Uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure I played it for four years at college, so I, I think you can. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I do think dealing with the outside Dave person maybe 
intensifies Jess's I'm a girl argument. Like she she shouldn't say I'm a woman. She should just say like a homeless man sleeps on my car and I have to deal with him like getting him stuff to get him off the car every day. Like that's more compelling probably for her. Oh, 100%. It's a way more compelling case. It's it's a better version of Nick's case, which is I have my car hidden under cardboard boxes and I'm going to pay a bunch of 12-year-olds to push it for me. I will ask the men of this podcast a question and I will immediately regret asking it. But if the sex window is open, you leave or you stay and fight out for this parking spot? That's a... That's a tough question. It's a short-term versus long-term gain, but based on my history, the history of most of my friends and every single guy I've ever known, I feel like we all end up leaving in that situation and look out for the short-term. I think I stay and argue for the parking spot, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I like arguing, too. I like, I like the fight. <laughs> I think what is slightly, what makes it more realistic is that Winston's already had a plot line about how he hasn't had sex in mm. however, six months. So like he, it's like well-established that he's really interested in this. But what's less realistic about it is like, he's got this regular thing with Daisy. It's not like a one time someone randomly just texted him. It's not a window that's that's closing because she's lacking interest. It's because like their schedules don't align. He could just potentially reschedule, but you know, Winston's out immediately. Nick is out just by the look on their faces, Ian. You can't give in to pressure. Uh, Nick Miller is, is not a man to fight while he doesn't have the intestinal fortitude that uh, Jess and Schmidt had to fight over something so petty. Uh, this is why I love our listeners. So when they decide that Nick is out, Nick's the swing vote here. And uh, Jess says something about destiny. <laughs> When, uh, Schmidt says, Destiny might be a lady, but Victory has a penis. Uh, sc- direct quote, Scott can. I wanted to look this up and then didn't. Matt Stewart, though, he did. No evidence of Entourage in Hawaii 5 star uh, Scott can, a.k.a. Mad Skills. How are you not calling him Khan? Khan, yeah, yeah. sorry. James Khan, Scott Khan. I have a typo. I have a typo. That's my bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not Matt Stewart's fault. That's my Scott Conn also the name of one of my rabbis when I was in school. Okay. Uh, ever saying that victory has a penis, so a misquote, but nonetheless a great line. It honestly might be my favorite line in the entire series of New Girl. Just The entire audience is shocked. It's in, It's just so funny to me. Like Besides that the quote is amazing, it's a perfect response at the time to Jess. And just attributing the quote to Scott Kahn uh, is just amazing. He's Because when you think Scott Kahn, you think short little asshole from Varsity Blues and from Entourage and I guess Hawaii Five-0. And, you know, it, it's just, to me, it's amazing. Uh, producer Kelly wants to know, because then Jess turns to putting on one of uh, Nick's very sexy hoodies. Uh, have we ever uh, flirted our way into or out of anything? Can you give you a big flirt? I don't think I've ever flirted my way into or out of anything, no. Now, if I'm honest, Kelly said, Kelly only addressed this to me and Ian and said, Keith, you may abstain. So, but I wanted to give <laughs> you the opportunity. It's so kind. Ian, are you a big flirt? Am I a big flirt? Um, 
I don't think so. That's uh, my uh, natural habit is to make everything into a huge joke, if you couldn't tell. So uh, I feel like definitely could have watched a couple more seasons of the pickup artist and figured out a few more ways to flirt if I had some time. Yeah, that's what you need to be. That's what you need to be doing. Focus exactly. Again. One of the worst products in history of uh, flirting with women. I don't think I flirted my way into or out of, I mean, maybe like drinks, entry into a bar, like with the bartender, you know, like that kind of stuff, but never like, uh, or maybe even within a relationship, you can like do a little like, oh, please, whatever. But I don't know. I think it's very interesting. And like, uh, I think they keep, I want to get, want to get your opinion. Cause last week you said you didn't want every episode to be about Jess and Nick's relationship. I thought this was an incredible way to rebound into sort of like another storyline. That's not about Jess and Nick's relationship, but perfectly leverage everything that's happened with them up to this point. Like the sexual tension is exercised in such an interesting way, not in a way that's like, are they going to hook up? But like, how do the politics of the loft now operate? Right, right. Yeah, I do. Lo I like loft politics for sure. If it was up to me most of the time, yeah, we wouldn't be dealing with the will they or won't they. I agree it was done brilliantly this episode. We also have Schmidt kiss Jess, so I assume at a certain point Winston will also do it just to uh, complete the trifecta. Well, you'll remember that it's not actually Winston that's on the no-nail oath with Schmidt and uh, Nick. It's it's Coach, so who knows whether Winston needs to get his, his uh, kiss in. I'm dying at the use of, you'll remember, that was so professorial, like, you'll remember it actually isn't Winston, it's Coach, but yeah, great I'm, catch. I wasn't I'm educated. <laughs> In New Girl. Yeah. Um, all right, Schmidt enters with a beer trying to basically seduce Nick in his own way, and I think, Ian, you bring up a brilliant comparison of that this is really, like, Jess and Nick's relationship versus Schmidt and Nick's relationship, so Jess enters with sex, Schmidt enters with alcohol, and Schmidt can immediately detect that something happened between them. I love that this is how Schmidt finds out. Keeve, did this seem believable to you, or yeah. was it, you know? Yeah, I think it's pretty funny. I think it, I think it tracks. Uh, we got a question because he drops a mazel tub to the both of you, <laughs> and Nick doesn't know what it means. Matt Stewart says, what does uh, mazel tub or mazel tov, is that right, Keeve, mean? Yeah. I did say, not to bring up points from other podcasts, I said this week, there should be a Gentile Mazel Tov that's not congratulations. And I got some what, what suggestions. Would that, I don't know. We like, could, we would could, that we be could like white bread? <laughs> white bread's not bad. That's not bad. Mayo! <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we could workshop it, but yeah. Um, what does Mazel Tov mean? It means uh, literally Mazel is luck and Tov is good. So it literally means good luck. I mean... I feel like people, like, if you break down the different Gentile cultures, right, like, there are different sort of things that are similar in Italian, in other Middle Eastern cultures. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like other people have their, like, little cheers yeah. things you might say. Like, like, maybe that's more Lahayim, though, so. Yeah, classic religion, Italians. I'm saying other cult. I said Gentile cultures, like other within, like Gentiles, probably too big. You're you're casting too wide a net for every Gentile besides Jew everyone besides Jews 
to have a thing. It's fair. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. It's it, not it, it. It I. It's the better answer is we should popularize Mazel Tov. Like we could let if everyone said Mazel Tov, I would be fine. The That's Black Eyed Peas did a lot of work to popularize. It is Mazel true. Tov. I do think I do think they have been the number one proponents of the word Mazel Tov. I agree. They, they, the Black Eyed Peas are the number one proponents of the word Mazel <laughs> Like in the secular world, I think so. That song also was a good wedding song. That song got played at the wedding the other week. I don't, cause, you know, they really butcher uh, Lahayim. Yeah, they Lahayim. do. <laughs> Ian, did that get played at your wedding that you went to this weekend? Uh, you know, it may have, but it, it, I don't think it's really that memorable. It's a, it is a good one for a Jewish wedding, just because you get all of us screaming the two words. But uh, you know, it's, it, it's not, it's no Montel Jordan. That's how I Ian said all of us because he wanted to posture to you, Keith, and let let you know that he was Jewish. I think mm-hmm. my sleepaway camp knowledge uh, showed that I was yeah, Jewish. Yeah, the listeners did the math already when we started like uh, talking about instructional swim. No, but <laughs> any guy I interact with from from hello, Akiva asked if he's Jewish, so you know he knew that a lot. We don't have to ago. talk about what we'll, <laughs> what we talk about. In the... What else are we doing here if we're not talking about what we talk about? We gotta, yeah. Is that, are you embarrassed that you asked that? Is that a thing that's bad to ask? No, not at all. Not at all. But there's more con- – you, you're always dropping things without context. You ask if they're a Mets – you want to know if they're a Mets fan and if they're Jewish. I'm mm-hmm. not really sure what order you care more well, about. Yeah, that's fair. They're, I think that's true. They're all from Boston, so it's a no to both of those. So. <laughs> Akiva, um, do you know – do you remember Ian's sports teams? Put you guys on the newlywed. Ooh, yeah, Ian's an Atlanta sports fan. And maybe the Minnesota Timberwolves also? Atlanta wow. Braves, Minnesota Timberwolves? He does remember. He does that's, remember. That's, those are two of them. And then uh, Atlanta and the Falcons? Team. Not the Falcons. Nope. Vikings? Nope. nope. It's nope. the douchiest nope. one besides the Patriots that you can <laughs> The Dallas Cowboys? Yep. yep. <laughs> Why? Why are you yep. a Cowboys fan? Uh, all my teams are just weird, you know, growing up uh, – that those were the teams I gravitated to. I loved Emmett Smith, and they were. But you grew TV up in New York. I grew up in New Jersey. Yeah, I mean, so you're just a troll who didn't want to root for the Mets, the, the Jets, or the Giants, or the Mets of the Jets. Yeah, yeah, I, I, and I also had a New Jersey complex in my mind where it was like, oh, they don't go by New Jersey yet; they're in New Jersey, and then the other teams are in New York. So why would I like those? So I just went with the teams that I liked. You know, independent mm-hmm. thinker from a young age. Most people would think New Jersey complex means you'd be embarrassed of Jersey teams. I like that to you, New Jersey complex is like, if you're not owning your jerseyness, then I don't support you. Oh, of course. I'm the world's biggest proponent of New Jersey. Most underrated state in America by far. Um, what's the most overrated state in America? I haven't, you know, definitely haven't seen them all, but I feel like, it's got to be somewhere in the Midwest because I went to college in the Midwest. And if you're hyping anything up in the Midwest as anything above like the 25th best state, you can get out of here. You need a coast to be good. I feel like people aren't hyping up the Midwest, though. Maybe you're th- like maybe then like Iowa because like the election shouldn't matter as much or like Ohio or something like that. If like you don't think the state matters that much. But I feel like the Midwest does not have many hyped states it's got hyped cities keith what do you think the most overhyped 
U.S. state is. Can you do a 32 fans ranking the states by most? We've done it. Oh, we've already ranked the 50 states. So no, but by oh, by by overhyped. Overhyped number one probably. I don't know. Maybe Massachusetts is number one overhyped. Wow! Hit me right in the (laughs) direct hit. Shot to the heart. All right, let's move swiftly on. I don't want to get hurt anymore here. Um, all right. Uh, it, I think it's completely unrealistic, by the way, that a guy who grew up in Chicago wouldn't know what Mazel Tov means, and he's been living with Schmidt for 11 years, but we'll we'll move swiftly on. I love the line of Schmidt saying, if Winston kissed me, you'd be the first person I would have told. <laughs> I, I had that written down. I love that uh, Schmidt equates those two things to each other. It's amazing. Um... He does flawlessly manipulate Schmidt into uh, promising Winston the spot, and then Nick just has a complete mental breakdown. I love the little detail here that Schmidt can that Schmidt cannot receive a purple nurple. Yeah, yeah. Where where is nipples? Uh, like, and why won't he tell anyone? It's it's one of life's greatest questions. There is a um, Pally Festival interview with all of them where they talk about like. Max Greenfield's very small nipples being like a running joke. And so this to me is like another reference to that. I know they talk about location, but he also has very small nipples. So it would be a tough target to hit. Now, did you say a poly festival? Is that, is that like where they all have sex with each other or what, what, what is that? Oh, I'll edit that out for your sake. Um, <laughs> the, no, the, the Pally festival, it's like, you'd actually like it. I feel like happy endings is probably done. Like, and they do like a, what is it, Keeve? It's like a media festival, and they have like panels. They've had parts. Yeah, it's like a convention center type thing. They you got you got some festivals. You got some uh, panels, and they talk about uh, you know show reunions. Hey, people ask questions from the audience. Hey, you guys going to get back together? That sort of thing. So it's it's honestly great YouTube uh, procrastination fodder, and uh, a lot of times the, the the interviews will have been done while the show was still on the air. So like they have like Elizabeth Merriweather and maybe some of the other writers or directors and then the full cast. And they're like, it's funny. They're like, what do you think is going to happen for Nick and Jess in season three? Like, cause it'll have taken place in 2013, mm-hmm. but you can get some interesting little moments from that. Uh, but no, if you want to Google, like if you, if you're looking for like uh, group relationships, it's not what you're going to be Googling. Uh Keeve, this like weird, weird, weird. That that stuff. I love this episode. That kind of shtick never really worked for me. Did this hit different for you or no? Um, wh- what was your exact problem with the episode? No, no. Okay, Keeve's asleep. Sorry, Ian, I'm, no, I'm not asleep. I misheard like, your question. You you couldn't possibly like this scene if I know anything about you. Okay, to be perfectly fair. You're right that it doesn't track with me. I will say, and it's not like a funny part. It is just like something stupid that like I've done with other people like to like make fun of this. But uh, so I don't hate it as much as you would expect. But I do think it is definitely out of place. And a lot of it emphasizes uh, Jess's worst qualities. So which is not my favorite moments in the show. So it, it definitely sticks out a little bit in the episode. But since you I think, added I think yourself, moments. since you yeah. added yourself, I will uh, say that you. Uh, the reason I thought this is because you're a Jess hater. I I definitely am a Jess hater. Now, 
I will say. And this is textbook Jess, and this is like Nick adopting Jess energy. Uh, yes, but like she's being just, they're being weird. Like, I think a lot of my issues with her come around the quirkiness a lot of the time rather than just pure weirdness. But no, you're not, you're not totally off base. But that no. line is like made of little tiny fire ants. Like that is the thinnest line in the world between weird and quirky. Uh, I don't necessarily know about that. It's kind of the random breaks into song and about something that doesn't matter that uh, I, th I think are more of the bothersome. But yeah, I am a, Noted, out and proud Jess hater. All right. Uh, you know, keep that in mind, Keeve, as you go through the rest of the season. Okay. Uh, they, it, it does, what it does do is it advances the plot that Nick has now changed his mind and he wants the spot. Great physical comedy here. Mera, uh, Kiva's wife, loves the physical comedy parts. You got to rewatch this episode with her, Keeve, because I think okay. them all barreling towards their cars would really get uh, Mera's wheels turning. Yeah, I'll, I'll show her this episode for sure. I love when Jess is like having the like will they won't they with the car and he just the old man just goes move it you wacky bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought Nick's car placement was perfect like covered under an overpass by cardboard and the car barely works like I think they did a really good job Ian of picking the perfect car for each of the three people we get to see I mean we later see Winston in his car but like for the three of them running to their parking spots yeah i i love the 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 differences with where they're all at obviously schmidt's in a parking lot but the the line where he just screams i'm not to be middled it's in my contract it's <laughs> it's so good it's it's such a perfect way to also put him on the same standing of jess and nick because clearly it's shown that he's a little he's got he's got more money than the rest of them he pays all the the bills and that kind of stuff. So to put him on the same level and then to just have that line be the way that like he reacts is it's so good. Also sort of uh, not an allusion to Seinfeld, but does remind us Kiwi of some of our favorite people, the Jiffy Park uh, attendant. Uh, we ask that you please bear with us could have been dropped on Schmidt there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You guys love uh, the Jiffy Park guy. <laughs> A crowd favorite. A 32 fans patron favorite i'm retired from that podcast now though mm -hmm. um but all right so they decide to stay in the parking spot with a purse full of candy and an empty bladder uh the no nail oath comes up holly ann wants to know did schmidt forget that he tried to kiss jess oh yeah it's, it's, i guess you know what i think the writers forgot, mid yawn mid yawn he says i'm us. sorry okay, i think good. the writers forgot it honestly <laughs> They did it, though, because they have a callback to the same episode, right, with the giant box of condoms later that uh, mm. Winston reaches into. True. Yeah. So I, Which, could, shout out to Sam, because that was full before she started seeing Sam. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, no shout outs to Sam on my end. Uh, I have him at my the bottom of my just mm -hmm. boyfriend power rankings. Yeah. You hate doctors? Okay. We will get to that. No, I want to hear the full. I assume you have full rankings. Uh, I can come up with them, but it's mostly him at the bottom. I'm, uh, uh, in addition to Jess, not a Dr. Sam fan. What's not to like? Are you jealous? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously he's table one, so. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I don't think the actor fits the doctor, the character. Like, I just, I'm not a fan. Like, he's, he's a doctor, and he's, they make him seem dumb at first, but then he's this 
perfect doctor who's like good with kids and everything. I don't know. I don't like his face. I don't like a lot about him. So he's he's towards he's no Genslinger is my is my main point. Then you get a great you forgo a great line if he's not super hot. That Schmidt line that I don't even remember now, but he's like he must be like if who's that who's that hot and a doctor. There's like some good Schmidt line they use to address that. I'd be a great this would be a great podcast if I remembered the lines I was trying to quote. Um, yeah, that would help. Go ahead. Yeah, sure. No. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think Jess maybe underreacts to this contract about them not hooking. Like, I don't know how to really feel about the no nail of QV. We're just learning about it now is interesting also, right? Correct. So yeah, I, I I think it's convenient that they have the no nail oath, but uh, it is pretty funny. And that this predate the no nail oath dates back to coach. Is that confirmed? Correct. Okay, it's good to know. It is. They did. They seemingly did not have, uh, you know, coach and Winston sign like an assignment agreement. But um, I like Jess saying, "Yeah, I know nothing about men. That's why I wear short skirts and wool tights." <laughs> Um, but Ian, uh, I think this is a question better for you than Kiwi, although Kiwi will let us know. Do you agree that competition and sex is what uh, exclusively fuels men? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I would say that you could probably add food in there as well. But uh, as I think those are, are probably right there in the top three. And uh, as, as they say, it, it's the reason why girls aren't allowed on pirate ships. So it's it's clearly uh something that's got to be done and i will say it does it might not be like like something that you see I, to your point that jess was overreacting it's also one of those things that you usually hear it's it's bro code it's just not usually written down into a formal document now as someone who i feel like probably loves formal documents you would if you were a guy you would probably make a no nail with Allie. so Okay, first of all, you agreeing with the competition and sex. Tell me you're toxic without telling me you're toxic. But also, uh, no, I mean, I, I don't think she's overreacting. I just, like, don't know how to feel about it. Like, if, if this were – I had a, a group of guy friends in college. And if, you know, a year into our friendship, I found out that they all signed a contract that said – I wouldn't be mad if they were, like – yeah, like you said, informally, like, let's all not try to do anything with Allie, like – that would be weird. I think you're right. Like that does happen with girls and guys, whatever. But to sign something that says, if you sleep with her, then we all must sleep with her is insane. You just don't know what male friendships are like. And I think that's your biggest issue. Thank God, honestly. Uh, I do like Nick as a fan of documents. Nick's being like, I thought it was fine print. I thought there was fine print. <laughs> Trying to get out of it. <laughs> Um, but they do kiss. It's an instant mistake. Dan Sinensky says Akiva would slash should CC care about Schmidt and Jess kissing. No, he shouldn't care. And I'm sure he'll stop caring in an hour. CC. Should CC care? Should CC care about Schmidt and Jess So you kissing? know how CC and no. Schmidt were a thing? I don't know if you remember in the first two episodes we've watched so far. Now her best friend Jess kissed Schmidt. I'm just... I. I, I mean, <laughs> if she's watching it, there's like no, there's no meaning to it. So she like, she would there. be an, annoyed. Like, but I don't think it would. She'd like lose sleep over it. I agree. I think it's more in the vein of the like uh, Nick and Jess behind the Iron Curtain last week, where Sam's like kiss, kiss, kiss. It's not a. I don't think it's a thing. I don't know, Ian, if you disagree with that. 
if that's a violation of girl code. Um, I mean, I could easily see a situation where CC would not be happy with that. But uh, my question is, is if Jess and Nick's kiss was one of the best kisses on uh, sitcom history, is this one of the worst? It's almost like it relies on them telling us it was bad, right? Like, did you feel like it technically looked bad? I mean, not not that it. I mean, the whole situation, the the forcing of it, essentially, and just the immediate reactions, it did not look enjoyable to me. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Is there another sitcom? Some kisses coming to mind where like they're pretending to be dating, where a couples like, oh yeah, like hmm. we're dating, and they're like kissing, and it's weird. Something that's got to be something. Someone write in and let me know. Allie from the editing room, I'm thinking of the scene where Anne and Tom in Parks and Rec are pretending to still be in a relationship uh, for Donna's benefit so that Tom does not lose the bet. I don't think there's kissing involved. Back to the show. But yeah, no, not good. I agree. I think it's up there. It's in contention. It's it's nominated. Keith, can you think of anything worse? I can. I'm thinking, but I can't think of something like that. <laughs> This is not later than when we usually record, but I think you are, uh, you partied too hard last night at the wedding. <laughs> mm-hmm. That it might be true. Yeah, I'm very tired. Kibi famously likes having guests on Ian because then he can just fully rely on, like, this could be a podcast between me and you, and he can more or less go to sleep. It's classic high school, college group project energy, and I appreciate it. <laughs> you, know, it's, you know what's funny? It's the lazy, not drunk card. Yeah, you know what's funny? Card. I... It's such a common trope on social media, like, oh, you know, group project this, and the person in the group project that does all the work, and the person in the group project does none of the work. I mean, I went to elementary school, high school, college. I barely remember any group projects. Like, you had, like, maybe... Because uh, you probably didn't do the work. No, 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 no. You, I had, like, a lab partner in science, but, like, I never was in a group bigger than two for any project I can ever remember. Well, I mean, two is enough to get one person to get screwed, yeah, but, but that's, that's kind of crazy. I, I, I will ask my – I didn't take – my friend Andrew, we went to elementary school, high school, and college together. We were, in fact, lab partners in seventh grade and in college uh, together. But we didn't, obviously didn't take every class together in college. We didn't major together. I'm going to ask him, but I think he'll agree with me. Okay. I, I mean, I think Ian will agree with me that that's strange but not mm-hmm. impossible. Yeah, I mean, maybe, but I, I can remember a ton of group projects, three, four, five, throughout uh, high school and college. I can remember two specifically that I was burned on. One was in college, and I had um, two athletes in a group of – or three athletes, like D1 athletes in my group of six. I don't know what the fourth person's excuse was. Mm-hmm. And so me and this other guy did the entire project, but – one of the athletes was on the baseball team, and he was really cute, so I didn't mind doing the whole project. I don't know if they really count as athletes at your school, but that's for Says day. the man who goes, who went to Indiana. <laughs> Keith, let's all point and laugh at Ian. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow, guys. I, it's, it, a, it's a bottom of the Big Ten fight. I'm here for it. Well, we last year, we were uh, we made the Big Ten tournament. We made the Big Ten whatever. They made the Big Ten. 
Why you're being such a little jerk, Akiva? It's I'm like not. I'm not. I just don't know what you're trying to. What which one you're? All which, right. You're... Well, my I'm gonna ask Chester independently. I mean, Big Ten. Uh, listen, Indiana is a bad sports school. Masquerading as a good sports school, they're bad oh at everything. It's not even masquerading as a good sports school. Well, because they're like traditional. Listen, they had a coach who liked to throw chairs, and they won a couple titles, and now they're terrible. But also, like, where's Indiana baseball? I was watching the College World Series. They're not there. It, they Where, just you know, missed the national tournament. What about we were in the national final? We were in the know, championship I'm in I'm soccer. I'm editing all this out. I'm editing yeah, all this I was going to say, oh, soccer. She's bringing up minutes. men's soccer. He's bringing up men's soccer. I don't know. You just brought up baseball. <laughs> What's the difference? Be- baseball is like on ESPN every night for the last month. Baseball is America's pastime. I don't know it's what true. your problem with America yeah, is. but yeah. co- not college baseball. You hate America? Yeah, yeah, Ian hates America. Yeah, known America hater. Hold on, Chester. If you were ranking... College sports. Just uh, not a college sports expert. How are you? That won't stop him from ranking it. That's true. Okay, how are you marketing Indiana versus? Whether you, no matter Indiana. what way you look at it, unless you look at football only, Indiana is better than Northwestern <laughs> in every facet of sports. Always, like it's not even a question. Ian does agree with Chester's take. Right, you agree with the offense defense definition of what a sport is? Oh, I'm a I'm a big proponent on limiting sports to about five or six things total. That was one of that was a big argument, always. Uh, in your life, or you mean with me? Uh, in my life with you. Yeah, I was like, I much, didn't really with care. Pretty much with pretty much everyone I've ever spoken to. All right, I'm bored. Let's get to the Winston storyline. Let's hopefully this breathes new life into Kiwi. I also thought this was a funny storyline, that basically he foregoes the the parking spot and then goes through a series of blunders of forgetting a condom and then forgetting his wallet when he goes to get a condom. I do like his proposed list of condom substitutes, including shower cap and a twist tie or a baseball cap that's really small. Mm Mm-hmm. Very and, or or hand sanitizer. Does he say that, or is that your he, suggestion? He, no, he, he says it. he says, he says okay. hand sanitizer, <laughs> and, and he also says he has quick reflexes. <laughs> um, I do like also that he wears the yum pants, so he does not have uh the money. Winston asks <laughs> asks the counter to throw brother a Lucy, and then <laughs> says he's in desperate need of a condom to the whole store. Matt Stewart says, would any of you have bought Winston the condom? Is anyone stepping up in the crowd and saying, like, I'll give you the dollar for the condom? I, I think I, I feel like I would help him out. But also, you know, in today's world, I'd be like, Venmo me. And I, I got you. But I, I feel like I would. You're asking someone to Venmo you for its, how much is one condom? I have no idea. Oh, I mean, it's they can they get expensive, you know. <laughs> You gotta buy. You gotta buy them in in pa- in multiple packs. You can't be buying. Well, one. no, he's suggesting that you can maybe slide one out and buy just one. You gotta you gotta slip the. Uh, well, I guess he has no money because I was gonna say you slip the pharmacist <laughs> a couple bucks. Well, then can't you just pay for the full package? Again, they're expensive. <laughs> what's if you were to estimate what's what is the going rate for a single condom? Um. <laughs> Oh, is this a... Good morning, Keeve. I I don't we, even have are, a guess, honestly. Are we getting into the prices prices right rules? Uh, well, for one, know. like three fifty. I don't know. For one, three fifty. Wow, that is expensive. Wow. Yeah. 
I would have thought like 90 cents. All right. Well, whatever. You, if you get one for 90 cents, you don't want to use it. <laughs> you might as well, you might as well go down to your local college and get the free ones they hand out that are made of nothing. Allie from the editing room. I don't know what uh, golden condoms Ian is using, but I'm on the Walgreens website and everything looks to be between 50 and 75 cents each. Uh, uh, maybe 87 cents. Under a dollar each. Back to the show. Um, all right. So he uh, goes to CC's, as you mentioned, Kiwi in the Digest. Um by the way, Chester, I should admit, Chester said Indiana and then like 15 rows down Northwestern. Um, <laughs> well, here's the, like I Googled Indiana Olympics and they have 11 swimmers and divers. No one cares about the Olympics. This no. Olympics. That. Well, that's like a, a lot of the sports are feeding the Olympics. Like they have 11 and Northwestern happens to have one. But 11 is a lot, even though it's like a lot of different countries. There. That is Israel actually surprising and... that that has that many, that Indiana has that many or that. I like, guess they have a good swimming have, team. Like, yeah, historical. Or, or, or whatever. Lily yeah, King. Yeah. Lily King. Lily, Lily King. King. Ever ever heard of Mark Spitz? That's another Indiana alum right there. Allie, or... have you ever right, heard of Mark Spitz? So, yeah, I have because all the Jews, like every, he's spoken at every like JCC in like the country. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> all right, fools. Let's keep going into this condom narrative. So, Kiwi, this is huge. Shivrang is back. Were you shocked? Shocked. What a what a what a blast from the past. Hello, Shivrang. <laughs> honestly to me this episode like i said last week that like last week seems to like out of place whereas this episode seems like more what would be the immediate reaction to the episode prior including cc and shirang being there like very strange for cc to go to the indian marriage ceremony and then be like i have all these dates and then be like oh i hit up shirang again it's a little strange but uh listen everyone else is trying to to like like Winston said, everyone else is trying to get it. Why can't I? I yeah. love. Go ahead, Ian. Sorry. She she found out last week. She's table thirty four, and he says today he says in the episode he's like a engineer or something like that. So she's trying to ca- catch a table one or who she already knew. So you think Sharang's table one? Uh, if if again, like if you're going just off like job, it seems like he's probably within the top few tables and. If you think your table one, Shavrang's table at least 0.5, so. I was going to say, so you agree I'm table one. No. Mm, your profession is a little a little snaky, so. Yeah, okay, well, now I have to edit that out. Anyway, um, <laughs> I love, I absolutely, I think one of my favorite scenes, I would say this is a top 15 scene for me, is Winston saying, like, I know you have a condom. You really think you're going to need it? And then he's like, is he going to need it? I'm like, I love the That's very funny it's also, one yeah. of Winston's That's why I'm saying ever. it's such a great, like, that is a great scene. Why are people knocking it? Who's knocking it? We're all, this is Ian's favorite episode. He agreed to speak to me for an hour. Of course, he, like, it's a great episode. Uh, no, but the listener was like, hey, uh, either the either... listener, Justin Ramsey, Justin or Matt. I forget if it was Justin the or Matt. author, Justin's the author of our theme song, the 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 co-head snitch. Uh, he is the soul snitch, soul snitch. And uh, I appreciate it. So anyway, um, Winston then goes finds a giant Jess's giant condom box, which is an incredible callback. With the like, she's either having a crazy amount of sex. Or she does not know how to use these. 
Um, I like got confused because I was like watching and had to do something else. What happens? He like can't find Daisy's apartment again. There's not. There must be like an edited scene. Basically, he just yeah, it gets dark and he realizes he gets back there. He realizes he doesn't know which apartment is hers. It's not really expl- not really explained why he doesn't have a phone that works. No, he left it at Daisy's. He oh, he left the phone at Daisy. Okay, fine, fine, fine. That's fine. Um, yeah, but uh, a little bit uh, leaves leaves a little bit to be desired. But yeah. That's All right, well, let's talk about leaving a little bit to be desired here. They end up, Winston comes in, does a great rant about what he's been through, and they decide, you know, he needs a win. He's going to get the space, but it doesn't fit. Whatever. Justin Ramsey wants to know, uh, he's back, Ian, to ask. The ending didn't really feel earned. They all want the spot so badly, but then Winston is sad for five seconds because he didn't get to have sex, so they let him have it. How would you have ended the episode? Okay, so I do agree with him because, again, like we said before, I don't think that uh, they deserve, I don't think Winston was even close to deserving the spot, and I don't think his, like, one week of sad sackness just because he couldn't find Daisy's apartment, uh, I don't think that's deserving of a spot. So I do think they kind of wrote themselves into the corner, into a corner a little bit, but I mean, I'm a I'm a Schmidt guy. I would have just I would have ended up having it be uh, it be Schmidt's uh, parking spot. But I need to think of how they would have given it to him. See, the reason the end does sort of work to me is one, I think Lamorne does such a great job with material that he like comes in so convincingly, like exhausted and distraught about it, that it reads more than to me that he's just like upset for a few seconds. But um, I also think like. Because, as you mentioned before, Ian, that they made it into sort of like a decision between Jess and Schmidt for Nick. And that's sort of impossible between where both relationships are at. That like none of them can really have it. Like they do kind of have to give it to Winston. So those two things together, I think, do work. Um, Kiwi, I want to ask if you have any better ideas. But Justin did suggest something that I think is pretty funny. What did he suggest? He said maybe the sh- the spot should have actually been for 14D and they didn't see the one or something like that. Yeah, that would have been like I I think that's how most sitcoms and they they do try hard in the show not to have like what would the what would the generic CBS sitcom end with, right? And I think that's what the generic sitcom would end with like some other person steals their spot like the landlord steals their spot or they, I mean, I like his idea in terms of pitches like that. It's definitely up there. Oh, that doesn't say 1D, right? We never see it, right? It's, you know, 14D. It says... Uh, we do four- see 4D, but, like, you know... Yeah. Um, I, I think it would be funny, but I also think they they usually zig when when they want you to zig, especially at the end of the episode. This sitcom is very good at, like, the last two minutes of each episode. I mean, it did do something pretty sitcom that just, like, it, once the other cars are there, it doesn't really... It's, like, too small of a space. That's true. Which it's I not love. right. They're I, not like, reinventing comedy with that end. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, let's get to the guide here. You already said you think that Winston is going to get a kiss off of Jess, even though Coach, uh, as Ian uh, reminded us, was the signatory to the contract. Um do you think we see Daisy? We did not, or we did see Daisy. Do you think we're going to continue to see Daisy, or did Winston just kind of blow this? I think we're going to see her. We didn't really get an ending with her at all here. Very little Daisy in the episode. I think we'll see her again, but it doesn't, like, when you see that little of a character in an episode, it's not a great sign for the character. 
Do you think we see any of the people who, or like any of the circumstances that the other three are parking in? Again, like the the homeless guy outside with Jess's apartment, uh, like parking space, or Nick like under the bridge. Do we, any anything related to parking uh, again? I don't know. Sharang. Yeah, we'll see him again. All right. Um, we do a thing, uh, as you are well uh, familiar with, Ian. Who won the episode? And this could either really be the person who comes out on top, the person who comes out with the best outcome, or just like who made you laugh the most in the episode. We have a few listener picks. Kiwi, do you want us to pick first, or do you want to hear the listener picks? Yeah, let the listeners go, because I already have mine locked in. All right. Uh, Matt Stewart says the MVP is Winston. He got the spot, so he wins it. And producer Kelly said, who won the episode? Winston. Not only did he win the spot at the end, but he was hilarious beginning to end. His scene in CeCe's apartment was great. Honorable mention to Shebrang for the barely audible line. This is awful, really. This is worse than the last time. Uh, Ian, let's throw it to you. Who do you think won the episode? Yeah, I think I tipped my hand about an hour and 24 minutes ago uh, (laughs) that it's, it's definitely Schmidt for me. I have like 12 more lines written down that we didn't even mention so rattle them off uh him saying it's my pishy i have to pish did you just pee did you just pee like him just peeing inside his body and then uh his bitches be crazy am i right nick and i will give nick the response of him i found a piece of garbage and it's chocolate on it like (laughs) nick is nick acting like a child is a close runner-up because it is such a good like he pulls it off so well but Schmidt is just so, so good to me. So many of his lines in this are lines I think of immediately when I think of the show, and they all happen in like a 15-minute span. Kiwi. Okay. It's insane to say Schmidt won the episode. He had the worst day of his whole life this day, basically. <laughs> he gets locked out in his underwear, no phone, doesn't end up even... Not only does he not end up getting with... um. Uh, Sonny? Daisy. Daisy. <laughs> um, uh, he doesn't even, yeah, he doesn't even, like, see her again. What a horrible day. Truly embarrassing. Ruins his relationship with his fourth closest friend that he's not really friends with. I, to, like, so really it's a battle between Schmidt and Nick. Nick is positioned very well in the long term here with, uh, like, he, he basically has just almost seduce him. But Schmidt, Schmidt sort of he kisses Jess. He has yeah the pishy thing is very funny. I'm gonna give it to Schmidt. Wait, you just said it would be insane to pick. Oh, you said Winston. I think Winston. You said Winston had the worst day of his life. You said Schmidt say... though. Oh, but yeah, yeah. No, but sorry. But then you Winston described is... Winston. Yeah, Winston had okay. the worst day of his life. I'm gonna do something um, a little quirky or weird and say that I don't think this episode has a winner. I have I abstain because I think Nick, Jess, and Schmidt all lose because the whole premise of this episode is how do they get a parking spot? They lose. I also think, yeah, I mean, I guess I skipped a huge part of the episode where uh, this happens when Kiwi takes no notes. But, uh, you know, they have that confrontation where Nick is like, I regret the relation. I regret the kiss. And then later he's like, I don't regret the kiss. I regret what it did. So when they're in this place where they're trying to be friends, but there's this awkward sexual tension that's been opened up, Schmidt finds out about it. Schmidt feels weird about it. They all lose the space. Like, they're still in flux. Like, they're still in this shitty situation, all three of them, to me, at the end of this episode. 
So I agree Schmidt got the most laughs off of me, so I was tempted to pick Schmidt, but I really don't think he wins at all here. In fact, he's in a place where now his the politics of the loft, the ecosystem of the loft is potentially thrown off for the foreseeable future, if not forever. CeCe obviously doesn't win. Chevreng, huge loser here. Um, and Winston, while to me a very equally as funny part of the episode is Schmidt probably – and makes a lot out of very little. He loses. It's the ultimate loss. Like, I agree with you, Akiva. Like, he doesn't get to have sex. That's his whole purpose of the episode is to have sex. He doesn't get to have sex. So yeah. I don't think anybody wins this episode. I, I, I get your take. I think you could give it to Schmidt or Nick and go home happy, but uh, it can't be Winston. No. Nick's not winning. Nick's is, Nick is in the most stressful position of his life this entire episode. He's, like, so miserable the whole episode. Okay. And it doesn't get resolved for him. Mm-hmm. Then give, um, it to, right. give it to Schmidt. Yeah. Ian's the winner because he got to be on his favorite podcast, New Girl, mm. Old Guy. Uh, do you have anything to plug? You want people to follow you on Twitter, Ian, or no? You all set? Um. Yeah. I mean, they can follow me if they want. Uh. I mean, I've never plugged before, so you could just put my Twitter in the like tweet, and I'll retweet it or something. That's my plug. Okay, you can follow him at I... I changed it. You changed it? Like yeah. Like yesterday I... in preparation for yeah. this podcast? Yeah, what you know, it, it has my it has my last name in it, you know, so I was like, I don't know, not trying to be... Wait, did so you really public. change it because of this podcast? It was. I was also thinking of changing it a while ago, so I was like, this is a good time, but... I changed it to something stupid. It's not... I'm not committed to it at right Ian now. Ian Andrew Ian. Ian. That's terrible. Thank you. It's uh, no lash tweets. I don't have a, I don't have, I don't have a brand like you. Now Ian does have a great Twitter bio, Keeve. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, sure. So I don't know if it's a little visual. Obviously, you know how to spell Ian, right? I A N. Mm-hmm. It's Uber drivers constantly call me Lan. That's pretty funny. That's it's, pretty it's, good. It's very it's true, good. and it's it's very annoying. It's part of my lifelong crusade against capital eyes that don't have the brackets on top and bottom uh keeve has a, a terrible twitter bio uh ian what is it it's style icon i mean respect <laughs> okay um so you can follow ian I'll, I'll bleep out his old twitter bio so you don't get his last name because he seems very concerned honestly you're probably one of six thousand of the people of your name um, but you can follow him at Ian Andrew Ian. I don't though, so you know, no need. Um, and you can follow Keeve at Keeve twenty six. Uh, you could check out uh, the wedding uh, that Ian has highly recommended, and and you know made TV choked up while he fasted and laughed mm. at it as his own joke. Um, I didn't realize it was Kelly. I I know Kelly, but I forget why. I remember thinking Kelly is very funny. So congratulations to Kelly who. Probably doesn't listen to this podcast. Or Probably congratulations to was... Colin, who married Kelly. Well, congratulations to the happy couple. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can check that out at rapperswebsite.com slash Renap, I guess. Yep. And you can check out 32 fans, and you can keep a lookout for Kiwi's Olympics content wherever you may find it one day. He's churning and burning covering the Summer Olympics. The road to the Summer Olympics. Yeah. You know what we did on 30 Fans this week? We did trending topics. We just looked at what was trending on Twitter, and we talked about everything for like a few minutes each. People like That, that. sounds like a Renap idea. I guess, yeah. But it was like so pointless. It was 32 Fans-ish. We had fun, though. People liked it. Um, I like that. Uh, did you check that out, Ian? 
Uh, I actually did listen to that. Uh, I've, wow, I, uh, how bored yeah. have you been in the last I, week? I, 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 I don't really listen to sports when I watch them or like when I play video games. So I, I go through a lot of podcasts, you know, and uh, I, I have to agree with Akiva that I think it was better than continuing the 100 greatest plays of the NFL. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, I just want to let people know that Ian does have a life. Um, just just to let people know that. Okay. Uh, thank Fairly. you to our five-star reviewers. I think I thanked some of these people, but we got one that made me really happy recently, so I'm just going to read the last like, couple. Uh, Cabs, Moonshadows12898, Benzy0109, Super Alex, and Katie Chase. And, you know, we don't always read these on the air, but I'm always reading them and always checking them, so really – appreciate the love from you guys if you want to let us know how you feel about the show you can go to anchor.fm slash new girl old guy and subscribe uh wherever you get your podcasts and you can also click through to the apple podcast and leave us a rating or review garner minute the down a minute back next week uh before we throw it to our guest ian to close the show where you're going to have uh akiva guests based on the title of next week's episode, what the show is going to be about. But before you do that, Ian, great job. I was right. It was great to have you. You you were great, even with a sleepy Akiva at the wheel. Oh, well, I appreciate you having me. It, it wasn't too painful talking to you, Allie. So uh, <laughs> thanks. And uh, Kiva, thanks for staying up. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, thanks for having me. I mean, the, the res- Ian texts me every day about some dumb TV show or thought that he's had. I just want to put that out there. Wow. Well, yeah, uh, no one watches the same, all the same horrible reality competition shows that I do. So I know. It's so nice being best friends with you, and I love it, too. All right. Uh, season 2, episode 18 of New Girl. Coming at you, Keeve. You ready? Wake up. We got a big Let's guest coming. Oh, who's Tin the big guest? Tinfinity. No, a big guest. Oh, okay, coming. big guest. Tinfinity. So it's one word, infinity with a capital T? Correct. Tinfinity. This is very hard. Tinfinity. And I was so well, on last uh, Ian, I did propose to Missy that she join us for this podcast as a surprise <laughs> also to hearken back to, but she has a Tinf- date tonight, so she couldn't Tinfinity. make it. She died laughing, though. <laughs> that would have been good. <laughs> I'm going to guess it's the name of a Tinfinity. I'll give you a Can I give you a hint? I got No, Let's don't give, give me a hint. hint. Don't give oh, me a hint. Oh, okay. Oh, my bad. I mean, you could give me a, like a character name that's most. No, no, connected. no. I would give you a hint to be thinking about this with. Tinfinity. Remember when you and I discussed, you know, gifts you give on an anniversary? Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. So tin is like the first anniversary or something. I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say no guess. First time ever. I have. I have no <laughs> guess. I know, but I don't want a hint. I don't but want you have to guess. You have. You didn't do the Garner Minute last okay, week. Okay, it's have tin. To guess. It's the it's the tin. It's the tin anniversary. That's like the second anniversary. For who? I, I don't know. Nobody's right, in a relationship Ian, right now. Put us out of our mister, uh, misery here. Close the show if you don't mind. Um. Cool. So thanks for having me, and uh, thanks to the fans for having me. And just remember. Uh, only have sex with your roommate if it provides a business that benefits all parties. Ali and Akiva, gonna talk a TV show, and maybe Jenny Garner, so don't go any farther.
way to the finale His face is his job She's the captain of NGOG Ali